You're listening, you're listening to, to, to Not Your Average Culture, a podcast geared towards promoting less consuming and more doing, where I discuss topics related to dating, lifestyle, creatives, and entrepreneurship. This podcast will challenge you to open up your mind, think about things differently, and ask yourself, am I doing it for the culture or doing it for myself? I'm your host, Chardonnay. Let's get to it. Hi everyone, welcome back to Not Your Average Culture. This week's topic is about entrepreneurship. Now, as always, before I get into this week's episode, I have to give you all a little personal tea before we get started. So, um, I told myself that I'll be very transparent and vocal um, when I started this journey of creating this podcast. And I have to be honest that it has been a struggle okay a struggle to get this episode out and to give you all a little bit of insight of where i'm coming from um i currently reside in the bay area and if anyone is familiar with the area you know that it's expensive to live here so most people have a main job a side hustle and then a hustle for your hustle okay like it is so expensive that i have heard stories where people are staying in these tiny places where they have a ton of roommates or some people are in whole relationships that are actually situationships because it's too expensive for people to be single out here but that's a whole nother topic i'm saying all of this because as i was going through my own personal hiccup or struggle of wanting to get this podcast out and working on this while on my lunch break at work or any free time that i have um i personally was lacking the motivation to keep going however I have been getting a ton of feedback with only the few episodes that I have out. I have been getting a ton of feedback from friends and family about how you all like the show so far. And I even had some people who have committed to making a monthly donation to my podcast on Anchor. And I just want to say shout out to you all. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Because you all have been motivating me to just, you know, continue to push through and to keep going with this podcast and I greatly appreciate it and another thing I want to touch on is while I was editing this episode I couldn't have asked for a more perfect time to be working on this episode because as I was editing it I found that this also gave me the push I needed to get through this little situation And also in this episode, Justin discusses how perseverance has helped him pass the bar and his passion has helped him to start a business. And so it has just been, you know, putting me on the right mindset to just say, hey, this is something I love and um, I enjoy doing. And I just can't think of it as a waste of time. So for anyone else who's out there who, you know, you're working on something that you actually enjoy, you don't really know what the outcome will be of the project that you're working on, but you genuinely enjoy doing it. Just keep going and, you know, just motivate yourself, find your own motivation to get through it. I think in this episode, it's important to note that in the mix of your busy life, if you have something you are committed to doing or passionate about, regardless of everything going on, no matter how many times you have to start over or run into a roadblock, you have to find the motivation to keep going. If you love doing it, do it. Don't think about the end result. Just do it.
that's it that's all you just have to motivate yourself to continue to do it now i won't spill all of the details about this show but he definitely shares how he has challenged the cultural norm of entrepreneurship while most people tend to start a business either while studying a degree in business or after they receive their master's in business justin did it while pursuing his own personal passion of obtaining a law degree so without further ado let's get into this week's episode Hey Justin, how are you? I'm doing great. Okay, so thank you for agreeing to be on the first season of my podcast. I know who you are because you are a very good friend of mine who I greatly appreciate, but my listeners don't know who you are, so can you please share with everyone who you are and explain a little bit about what you do? Um, just another black man living in America <laughs> and uh, from Southside Chicago. Uh, I do as my profession, I'm an attorney. Also, have a business uh, for events. I'm an event coordinator and uh, do a lot of other different things. I love ministry. I love working in church. I um, I'm an older brother of four. Of three younger brothers, I have. It's a total of fourteen of us. And from my father's second marriage, I am the oldest, um, but still kind of in the middle. It's a weird scenario. Um, but just a regular guy from the South Side of Chicago, very driven, very passionate about helping people. Definitely want to do something in this world that makes a difference. And he's just trying to play it humble, which I love about him. Um, like he's a regular, smegular dude, which he is, but he is doing some pretty amazing things. And that's why I decided to have him on the show to kind of share with everyone um, what the process is like with becoming a lawyer. So um, can you break down exactly what your role is and describe what a typical day as a prosecutor looks like? Uh, man, uh it changes, but it's, it's uh, my basic role is I go to court and um, I have a court call, and then I deal with victims. I deal with uh, preparing for trials in case something gets set for a trial, and I deal with plea agreements, which is uh, just agreements that I come up with uh, between uh, me and the defense attorney as to re- how to resolve the defendant's case. So. Still a lot of court, and then outside of court, um, I'm just preparing for court or dealing with victims and defense attorneys. So you that's spend, the short version. <laughs> you spend a lot of your life in court, right? <laughs> so, have you always wanted to be a prosecutor? No, no, not at all. Uh, if you told me I was going to be a prosecutor like three years ago, I'd been like, "Yeah, right." I'm not gonna be a prosecutor. <laughs> I uh, felt like I was selling out, and uh, but an opportunity came. Um, things changed over three years, and so I decided to become a prosecutor. Why do you feel like you were selling out? Uh, because, you know, uh, I felt like uh, 
the justice system is unfair um, and that they do a lot of picking with um, black people. And so I felt like if I was a prosecutor, I would just be prosecuting my people um, and not prosecuting um, everybody. And I would have been just continuing the unfair system that's in place. Okay. So um, I know the goal was to become a lawyer. Can you share like what the process was like studying to become a lawyer? Like, from undergrad to um, after undergrad, explain to everyone what it takes to become a lawyer. Sure. Uh, just a quick rundown. Got to graduate from high school. Got to get a college degree. Once you get a college degree, you get a college degree in anything. Uh, but once you get a college degree, uh, you take the LSAT, or you can take it the LSAT before you get your degree, but you take wait the LSAT. Wait a minute, wait a minute. So be, in order to become a lawyer, you can study anything and become a in lawyer? College, in college, and then after college, you go to law school, but you got to take the LSAT first. Got you. Okay. So, okay. So you can major in engineering, you can major in teaching, you can major in psychology. It doesn't matter what your major was in college. You just have to take the LSAT. Um, and different schools have uh, what the GPA requirements are, um, but just take the LSAT, have a decent GPA, um, and then you can go to law school. And once you go to law school, law school is three years, you uh, take the bar exam for the state that you want to practice in. Once you pass that test, you officially become an attorney. Wow. That's good to know that you, you can actually study anything um but as long as you're prepared for um the LSAT that's how you ultimately become a lawyer so what was that process like um with studying for the LSAT oh man the LSAT uh it was pretty hard um it's just stupid test it's like all these different like games like logic games that make you play you can't really study for it it's not like knowledge it's just like ACT, mm -hmm. you know, just a bunch of different random tests to, I guess, see how smart you are and to see how well you would do in law school. But, I mean, it's been proven time and time again that the LSAT is not truly uh, the best indicator of how someone would do in law school, but uh, they still have that test in place. So that's what it is. Okay. So um, when you actually had to take the bar to become a lawyer, what was that process like? Were you working? Were you were you not working? What was the bar process like? Yeah, so I know you're asking me because you know uh, some of the struggles I went through. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, it was it was a, a long process, long process passing the bar exam. Took me over a year to pass it. I took it three times. It was a, a definitely a tough journey. Um, How many times can you take the bar exam? You can take it as many times as you, you want, um, but they only offer it twice a year, and uh, it's, you know it's expensive, and you know it's such an intensive study that they don't want you working. They tell you not to work, so it was it was hard. It was they hard. They tell you not um, to work. Yeah, they want you to like put your 
all your energy into it for like three months straight um, so you can pass it. I took the summer off. So the first time I took it was July 2016. I spent that whole summer uh, for the bar exam. Um, I took out a loan so I didn't work and I was studying for the bar exam. Didn't pass, but I got a job before I found out results. So I ended up moving. Um, I ended up moving to Indianapolis. I moved to Indianapolis. And that's when I found out results that I didn't pass. So I was living in Indianapolis and I got fired from the job that hired me to come to Indianapolis. Um, long story short, took it again. Um, took out another loan. I was Ubering as well. Um, still didn't pass. Then finally, after uh, this perseverance, watching a lot of videos, um, just uh, good friends like Chardonnay and just good family, um, I was able to just persevere, take it again, talk to counselors, uh, just try to study in my own way, and I was able to pass it. That's what's up. And I, yeah, you're right. I did ask you that, that question because I know some of the, the challenges that you encountered, but um, we all go through challenges. And so I just wanted you to share that because a lot of people just seem like, you know, you just share like, oh, I passed the bar. Nobody actually right. seen the struggle and like what you had right. to go through before you actually, you know, reached your goal. And I love, love, love the fact that, you know, um, after, you know, not passing the bar the second time, you still went ahead and you did it a third time. And I kind of wanted to get some insight from you, like what kept you like motivated, like personally, like what were you doing that, um, that, that pushed you to say, you know what, I'm going to continue to study and I'm going to continue to, practice to for the bar opposed to just getting a job any other place because you already had your undergrad degree you can go and get a job doing anything else but what motivated you to stay on your path um i felt like i was doing it not just for me but for my community um when i was growing up i used to look at lawyers like they were these superheroes like Wow, you know, you know, you get an attorney. Like, you know, I remember when I first met an attorney. I was like, oh, I met an attorney today. Like, he was a celebrity. And when I was growing up, I knew that I wasn't good at basketball. I knew I wasn't good at being a rapper or any other type of uh, art, uh, performing art. And so, I said, education is my way out the hood and to live in a successful life that I wanted to live. And so, for me. Uh, I felt like being an attorney was something I had to do just to prove, number one, that I can do it, and number two, for my community, so that they can see examples of a young black man who came from the south side of Chicago that is an attorney, and he's not a rapper, he's not um, uh, an athlete, but he is someone who use his smarts and use his brain uh, to become an attorney. And I knew that I wasn't going to be the only one who was struggling. You know, I knew, I know that a lot of people take the bar wrong sometimes. And so I wanted to prove that, yeah, everybody may not pass the first time, but 
keep pushing and you'll get the result that you want. So it was more of like a statement that I wanted to make to myself and everybody else in the world. That's what's up. That's what's up. It's just so dope um, that you did that. And it's good that you are very self-aware of like, look, I'm not good at basketball. I can't sing. I can't rap. Let me just uh, use the good brain that I have on my shoulders and, you know, put it towards something else. That's that's what's up. Right. So from personal experience of pursuing um, your law degree, what seems to be the common topic or cultural myths or things that you were advised by others that you have personally experienced otherwise? Um, uh, I think that a lot of people thought I was crazy for trying to start a business, um, especially a business that has nothing to do with law. It, it does. Law has some connection, but not really. Um, and a lot of people thought that there's no way that you can study for the bar and start a business. You know, like I told you earlier in the interview, they don't want you not to work. They say you should literally spend your entire time studying for the bar for at least three months. And that's the only way you can pass. For me, I actually had a business and I was working and I passed the bar. So, you know, that was something that I did that was against the cultural norm of the lawyer culture norm. But, uh, okay, I would say it's a lot of things. Um, you know, being from Chicago, uh, you know, being in the hood, you know, it's always that underlying feeling of the best you can do is be a teacher or not to throw any shade to teachers but basically like you know if you get your undergraduate degree be happy like you know you, you you're successful at that point um it's always and living in the hood like this there's just this underlying feeling of mediocrity and so i think that was a cultural thing i had to break um a lot of people in my mom's side of the family they are quote and unquote safe people and they always want you to choose the safest option and so I think being a lawyer really broke the mold for them like wow this guy did something that wasn't just typical you know there was a lot of teachers in my family he did something that was like that no not a lot of people in my family ever did um that was a cultural norm I guess a family norm um and just the, the my neighborhood norm I had to break I think not being a great writer uh, was also affecting me in, in undergrad. Still affecting me a little bit today. I'm, I'm a lot better than I was, but just not being a great writer. I remember uh, in undergrad when I uh, was applying to get into law school, one of my professors wrote, and he knew I was trying to get to law school, he said, uh, you will not get accepted into law school with this type of writing. He put it in all caps, circled it, Ooh. and uh, I don't know, I marched down there, you know, kind of got a little loud with a love song, but you know, I should have done that. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, he was basically saying, you know, you're, you're, you're a bad writer, you don't seem that smart, um, and, you know, being a lawyer is a hard job, and law school is hard, and I don't see how you're going to do well in this profession. And for me, uh, 
it just took, you know, like you said, uh, about culture norm, like saying, like, I'm not the best writer, but I'm going to work hard and I'm going to try to get to the point where I can to, to uh, be a good writer. And to this day, I'm not the best writer, but I stand before you as an attorney. Um, when I got accepted to law school, that same professor ended up apologizing you know, for what he said. Um, and just even in law school, some of the professors, they were just like, oh, uh, this writing is a problem for you or something like that. On my, when I first got accepted to law school, uh, and that was just a big struggle for me too. And so it's always these like, culture norms or just the way that people see things like in order to get to X you have to do this this this, and that and it's just not necessarily true you have to kind of find your own path and be persistent and be dedicated and you will get the goal that you want that is what's up and that's so real that um that you didn't take somebody's you know feedback or perception of a skill that you don't have fully developed and instead you continue to find a way to develop that skill. And that's something that I'm personally working on too, is like um, if I do get feedback from work, um, it's like, I don't let that define me. It's more so like, okay, well, who can I reach out to that can help me? Like I've gotten um, feedback similarly on a job, which has cost me like, you know, a job. And so instead of me just crawling into like a, a bubble or a shell and not facing up to like, wow, like this is something that I need to develop. I reached out to like my mom, my mom is a teacher. I reached out to some of my friends who are really good writers and stuff. And I'll say like, look, this isn't the best skill for me, but what can I do in order to develop it? So I, I absolutely love that um you share like you know you were aware of a skill that you didn't have but you didn't let it define you and you still proceeded to um you know go towards your goal so that's what's up as you know um with you being my friend like i'm a creative and as a creative i have many different talents and i'm currently work working on creating different projects as well to highlight my various skills because my long-term goal is to be a creative director uh, of like a media beauty or fashion company and so in order for me to take steps towards that goal i've created these outside projects in order to you know help me get towards that goal and i know similarly you have your own event planning company can you tell me more about like how that came about and you know let me know more about jc productions okay so, uh, JC Productions uh, stands for me and my brother's initials. Uh, we are the uh, co-founders of this event planning company. Started an event planning company because we wanted to do positive events um, in our area. Uh, we felt like there was a lack of quality events in our area, and we felt that we can do uh, we can do it. We we felt like we have the skills to do it. Uh, my brother he went to school for marketing and entrepreneurship. Um, I went to school for law, I was totally, something totally different, but we both uh, love quality entertainment. How this came about was I uh, did an event. I coordinated an event when I was an undergrad, and I thoroughly and 
enjoyed it. And I was, I felt good at it. And people came out and this event was, it was a positive spin on it. I was so shocked by it. And it wasn't some like juke jam or it wasn't like, uh, just like some clubbish event that I did. It was an event where people just heard good, good art and was very positive and it was very peaceful and everybody walked away feeling really good. And in, in no shade to, you know, people who do those clubby type of events, but for me being a young adult, I wanted to know what is the alternative? Like, why do we have to subject ourselves to have fun by going to the club? Like, why do we have to go to the club in order to have fun? And so yeah, me and my the brother club, wanted, The club can get expensive. Uh, extremely expensive. Like yeah, I, I've been to the club before, and it's like I've only been at the club for four hours, and you can spend a lot of money within four hours between tips, between buying drinks. Some people right. buy five thousand dollars sections, and I'm just right. like, man, like, <laughs> I, I worked hard for my money. Do I want to spend it all right. in four hours? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, and. Some people just don't like the atmosphere of the club. They don't like the the tension, you know, um, that goes on in the club. And I felt like there's a need for quality nightlife. And then I also realized there's a need for artists to be able to display their talent, that they need events to go to so they can display their talent. So long story short, um, I felt that, I was going, I thought that we had the ability to create something where we can give artists a platform to display their talent and also uh, create quality events that's inspiring, that feels good, and we had a great time with the community. That's what's up. So you started this in undergrad? Well, I started JC Productions uh, while I was taking for the bar exam. I started doing events when I was an undergrad and I had the idea and I honestly just lost track of it. I chose to focus on law school and when I was getting out of law school, I was searching and praying like, you know, what should I be doing? Like, what is my purpose in this life? And I ended up, you know, fell in the bar and I was just trying to find out like, how can I make money? And my brother was like, hey, what about that one idea? did an undergrad, which was, you know, starting an event planning company. And I said, you know what, I'm going to do it. And um, we did it, and we've been rocking ever since. We've been made a year, a few months ago. Wow. Congratulations, first off. That's what's up. And then, you. congratulations, you said you did it um, in between that second and third time when you um, were studying for the bar, right? Right. Were there right. any people um, that didn't support you starting a business while you were st um, studying from the bar? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I think that uh, a lot of people say, you know, when you're studying for the bar, you don't do anything. You don't get, you don't have a job, especially don't start a business. And that's what I did the first two times. I literally did nothing but study for the bar. But I felt that in my heart that I need to start this business now. I don't need to wait on it. I need to do it. Um, I don't want to lose this opportunity. 
I was thinking back to, um, not to go off too much on a tangent, but I was thinking back, like, when I was trying to start it the first time, I couldn't even use some of the same people that I initially had in my who said yes initially because they got kids now, they moved, they're all across the world. And I said, things come in season. You can't miss your season. You got to go with something when the season is right. And so I was like, I started getting all these names, ideas of people I felt I can work with. Uh, when I say, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and start it. And that's what I did. A lot of people didn't support it, but, you know, I, I, I'm thankful for my family that even though they don't necessarily agree with all the decisions that I do, they're very supportive. That's what's up. And that's impressive, too. You People tell you, like, you can't um, have a job, and they tell you you can't start a business while you're studying for the bar, but how do they expect you to survive? Like, how do you eat? Right. How do you pay your bills? How do you... How do you live? How did you balance all of that? Uh, it was hard. You know, uh, I'm thankful that my job was Uber, so I was able to make my own schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that was good some days and bad other days. Um, <laughs> bad. So was, I probably should have been working. I wasn't working. Um, but uh, it was good, you know, because I was able to flex when I needed to uh, work hard doing it um, holidays things like that um but also uh just balancing you know the business you know when you're a business owner you're able to make schedules that work for you so that was you know i was able to just really be in control of my life having a job having a traditional job was really great because if i needed something done for the business i could take this day set it for the business or if i needed something done for like I needed money, I, I could set this day to work. If I needed to uh, focus on a bar, you know, I could set these days, these hours for the bar. So I was really blessed to have such a um, flexible schedule. Um, That's what's up. So um, how can people get in touch with you if they would like to get involved with assisting you with um, events or um, maybe they want to attend event? How can people find out? more about your events that you put on uh, okay so um our website jcee productions.com or you could uh follow us on instagram facebook like our page at jcee productions um yeah so just uh, follow us on all social media platform follow our website um you can get in contact with me through uh, Chardonnay as well. So uh, there's a lot of ways to get involved. Um, how can, uh, do you have any future plans or projects we should be on the lookout for? Sure, yeah, absolutely. Um, right now I am uh, working on doing um, like a open mic where it uh, focuses on like the seasons. Uh, we're thinking about calling it the fallback summer leaves just like a transitioning uh, of the summer into the fall and like having like a nice like poetic atmosphere um, also open mic and maybe have some comedians we always do things differently so we don't just do a traditional open mic so uh, we're working on that uh, we're working on one of our uh, ideas um, love fest which is a uh, just a bunch of 
talent and the different forms of art and it's often around love and like a romantic night. Um, yeah, we work on a lot of things. Uh, you know, we're, we got a lot of projects that we're, we're trying to push through. Um, our biggest project is we're trying to do uh, an event called Wildin' Art and it's an event that focuses on uh, performing arts in Chicago and so it's supposed to be our way of helping curb the violence in Chicago by uh, giving uh, young people uh, the platform to do performing arts and having a lot of young people show to this event where they can uh, get plugged into a lot of different performing arts um, organizations uh, with around the city. So just like a really inspiring, positive event that we're trying to do uh, for the city. And so that's like a, it's just a huge event. So it's kind of like a year plan, but um, we're definitely doing a lot of work and we have a lot of ideas. I'm excited. That's what's up. That is what's up. I love how you're finding a way to contribute back to the community. That's always um, a good thing to do. Oh, with you being like a lawyer, are you the only lawyer in your family? Oh, uh, I have one cousin. Yeah, she's a lawyer as well. So since you, since you and your cousin are like the lawyers of the family, do people always like hit you up? Like, I need, I just, I just ran a red light. Is there a way I can fight this ticket? Or <laughs> are people hitting you up with stuff like that? Yeah, all the time, all the time. What's the craziest question that um, that people have reached out to you for? Other than me, I know I've hit you up like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> my family is in the jail. Like, <laughs> I, I no, want to use you as an example, but no, I'm not going to do that. But, uh, <laughs> no, um, yeah, just like a few days ago, somebody got hit by a car um, and they were trying to sue. Um, I don't know if it was like a fight or something going on, and yeah, so the guy he got injured pretty bad, and um, you know, he's living and everything, but he, he wants an attorney to represent him. I got that. Um, my, my cousin, like, he was driving uh, without a lot, like insurance or something, and he ended up getting arrested, and uh, he needed to help him out so I get my number to get him out of jail um, just all the time I don't think my other cousin deals with it a lot because she's kind of like removed from everybody in a sense like she doesn't really talk about being a lawyer she's a DCF S lawyer so she doesn't do a lot of outside work but like me being young and you know me putting like I'm a lawyer on social media and stuff like that like I just get a lot of people who come to me for help. Okay. Do you have like a number, like 1-800-CALL-JUSTIN? <laughs> <laughs> Justin can get you out of jail. You can have me on social media and send me a message. Justin Camper. Uh, I'm the black guy. So, <laughs> <laughs> so are you, are you, is that something maybe you're considering in the future? Like people can hit you up about any of their legal questions? Would you be open for that? Or is that not a thing that you're looking to do? Uh, yeah, definitely. You know, I don't want to um, go on and on about my vision and stuff like that, but uh, I, have a, I have a vision of being a uh, entertainment lawyer. Mm -hmm. um, and so uh, I want to get out of the prosecutor's office. I want to do criminal defense as well. And I want to do some, uh, just some random 
some general law type issues where I can help random people and just uh, help fight for people. I love advocating for people and advocating on people's behalf. So right now I don't see myself being a career prosecutor, but that could change. Um, you know, um, but in the future, I, I definitely want to set myself in a way where I can help a lot of people with my lawyer. That is what's up. So, um, I'm going to conclude this podcast on a lighter note by introducing three questions geared toward providing a fun call to action or takeaway for listeners um, to do. So, um, what is one thing that you have observed that has become a common trend among people that you would like to challenge people to do or think about differently for one week? Okay. Um, I would say... To find something that you're grateful for every day that costs under $25, um, find two or three things, you know, write it down, say it. Um, I would challenge people because I think gratefulness is such a beautiful thing. Um, and sometimes people have to go to church, quote unquote, to get reminded of it. But you don't necessarily need to go to church to be reminded that, you know, it's, it's a beauty living um, and it's just a great out you have a great outlook on life when you're grateful so I would just push uh, gratefulness oh look at you challenging us to uh be grateful what made you come up with that like I need to be more grateful every day what made you think of that <laughs> well um, as you know um, one of my favorite people on YouTube is Lisa Nichols who's a motivational speaker and she challenged her audience to uh, to do that to write down something under twenty five dollars that you're grateful for and um, it's it just been powerful you know it, it's a good icebreaker when I'm meeting people or just talking to people and like you know I'm on the phone with people and uh, I say things like that and they're like okay you know that was great I feel good you know I guess <laughs> my life it doesn't suck that bad you know so. <laughs> Um, I love making people feel good about themselves and about their life. And so I think everybody has something to be grateful for. To the homeless man, to, uh, you know, Bill Gates, everybody has something to be grateful for. That's real. So that is the culture challenge for the week. Find something under $25 that you can be grateful for. That is a good one. That is a good one. Or maybe even don't find something that's materialistic. You know, just find something to be grateful for and maybe put it on the post-it note, put it on your mirror, and every day look at it and just be grateful for it. I always hear this, um, what is it? It's a saying where people say, um, what if you, what, something, I forgot the exact words. I'm probably chopping it up and messing it all up. But it's something like, what if you only have the things that you thank God for, um, today and it was like oh like i didn't even thank him for nothing today like hold on let me check myself let me be grateful for um i got rent covered let me be grateful i got some lights let's let me be grateful i got some food in the fridge you know you do have to be mindful of the things that you have because sometimes we just going through life and we take those little things for granted and it's like no like you thought you was doing bad but no Here's a brighter side to this. Here's a better perspective. You're doing okay. It's not as bad as it seems. Um, it could be worse. So just find something to be grateful for. So I think that's a very dope challenge 
for us to do this week. Um, moving along, um, I know you mentioned Lisa Nichols. That's someone that uh, you listen to for um, motivation. Um, what general advice or resources can you share with us that can be useful for someone else embarking on a similar path of, you know, being a lawyer while also wanting to um, embark on something else outside of um, their normal field of work? Because I know you juggle being a lawyer along with um, event planning. So what general advice can you um, give to people or resources like books, websites, or services um, that people can utilize um, as they're embarking on their journey? Uh, I would say, you know, the Bible, good book, sorry. But no, I, um, it's a lot of resources out there. Um, you have to uh, find out which one works for you. Everything doesn't really work for everybody. And that's something that I had to learn. Um, but I listened to uh, this guy named Evan Carmichael. Mm-hmm. And he does top 10 rules for success through different entrepreneurs and celebrities. And I mean, I love it. I mean, he's built the business off of YouTube. Um, he has like a million subscribers. And, you know, he just, he really does a good job of making quality videos. So if you want to get motivated, I would say start there um, because it's just a lot of different examples that he has through different celebrities where they all tell their top 10. Well, he edits different videos of them giving, quote unquote, their top 10 rules for success. Um, I would just say Tony Robbins is really good. I know he's nationally known. I like Eric Thompson. He's, uh, they call him E.T. He's like, if he don't motivate you, like, nobody will. Because he would just get in your face and he would just really, like, break it down to you. Yeah, like, you want to be separate. Yeah, this is what you do. Like, um, but uh, as far as reading, like, you just got to find out, like, whatever field it is you're trying to get into, uh, be it law or our, um, event planning or entertainment, you know, just find books on that. Um, find um, online mentors who are good at that. Like, Will Smith is somebody that I consider is like an online mentor. Like, he doesn't know it, but he kind of mentors me online. And... I watch him, I watch things he says, I try to do things that he does. So you got to just try to find your online mentors. Uh, and he's not even an online mentor, just real mentors in real life. Go to events, uh, go to different places, meet people, network. Networking is extremely important. Um, having quality relationships and friendships. The people that are on my team now uh, for my event company were just friends my brother but uh i kept quality relationships i didn't know it's, i was gonna start this with them but i kept good friendships good relationships with people i try not to hold grudges i don't i try not to uh you know hold things in or have fake friendships you know yeah. um and so that i'm reaping some of the benefits of that today so uh there's just a lot of resources out there i don't want to necessarily endorse one thing you know um but uh just you know 
research. You know, Google and find out something that you're interested in. Uh, watch some of those YouTube people I said, and um, I think you'll find the answer to what you're looking for. That's what's up. And I, I, I love that you mentioned that, um, that quality relationships and um, friends and building that support system. And it took me a while until I actually got this personally myself is that some of the people that can help you are right next to you. And that's why I started off this podcast, the first season, with reaching out to some of my friends. Initially, when I was starting this podcast, I was thinking like, oh, like I'm going to reach out to the biggest company I can find and see if I can interview like a top executive. And it was like, yeah, you can have those big, ambitious dreams, but then you also have to you have to start with them first. You have to start with the people that are supporting you. And um, it helped me be grateful for, you know, people like you who are my friend. Um, I also interviewed one of my other friends um, this season. And just acknowledge the people that are around you and acknowledge the great things that they're doing as well because uh, those quality relationships, those would be the first people that support you and, you know, help you. Yeah doing your process yeah. so i i absolutely love that that's real, that's real. so yeah. the the last uh thing that i want to end the podcast with little game is when when you hear the term do it for the culture related to your industry what's the first thing that comes to mind when i say do it for the culture uh, i would say helping for some reason, I just instantly come to my mind. Black <laughs> folks, uh, helping my people. Um, and as far as being a lawyer, just make sure I'm being fair, um, that I'm representing them well, that I'm watching with um, other people in power, and just the power of being unfair towards our people, speaking out, um, speaking out when I see injustice. Uh, as far as event planning, you know, make sure I'm doing events to uplift us, uh, that lifts our culture and shows sheds light. You know, not every event has to be super deep. You know, um, you know, sometimes you need to just have a club event where you just party and have a good time. But there's also a place for just good quality events where you can just go and chill and you know not be some sloppy drug after you leaving it or feeling bad or get all this. Your mind is messed up, you know, because you heard all this random stuff or whatever, you know, just where you feel good and you feel inspired to do something the next day. Like, those events are needed as well. So, I think that's how it relates to me in my industry. That's what's up. So, thank you again for uh, being on the first season of Not Your Average Culture. I really appreciate it. Um, thank you for always being supportive. And thank you for dropping some gems for everybody. Um, I'm pretty sure somebody out there who's looking to become a lawyer or prosecutor or start their own event company, hopefully they can take away something from this podcast. And once again, thank you, thank you, thank you for allowing me to interview you. Yeah, absolutely. And I just want to thank you as well. Give you a big shout out. I know. This is a, a faith wall for you, the journey for you. Um, and, you know, you do other jobs as well besides run podcasts. And so I commend you on, you know, your courage and, you know, doing what you do. So 
I'll call to you and thank you for the great interview.